Hey guys, Eric here. Before we get started on the episode, I wanted to tell you about the exciting new partnership that we've started. If you're anything like Joe and I, you absolutely love collected editions of comics. Whether they be trade paperbacks, hardcovers, or my personal favorites, omnibus and absolute editions. With this in mind, we now have the opportunity to save you a little moolah on the books that you're hunting for. We are now partnered with Organic Priced Books to bring you promo codes to save you a little money on each purchase that you make. So now you can save the trouble of going out to the Barnes & Noble and overpaying for the books that you love. Organic Priced Books is a wonderful small business that already has collected editions at vastly discounted prices, and they ship directly to you. And hey, you get to support this show as you do so. So go to the link in the description of this episode and use our promo codes on your purchases. Those codes include TFRBATPOD, which saves you $2 on any order, or TFRBATPOD Ship It Together, which will save you 5% off the total of any order of three books or more. A huge thank you to Organic Price Books for presenting TFR listeners with the chance to save on books that we all love. And a huge thank you as well goes to all of you guys who support Organic Priced Books and The Fire Rises. Now, let's get to the episode. citizens of Gotham to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and threads at TFR Batpod. And I guess Twitter is now X, so keep that in mind. Uh, But if you'd like to send us an email, if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can send those emails to TFRBatpod at Gmail. My name is Eric Carter, and I am the host of the show, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, this is your episode, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, and I'm a little, uh, I'm a little nervous because we have not discussed this at all prior to recording. So, um, yeah, uh, you guys can all blame me. Um, whoever actually listens, this will probably be our least listened to episode <laughs> that we've done. Lee uh, Ankrit <laughs> definitely blames you. Yes, he was not happy. <laughs> but hey, it's not something we're doing ongoing. It's just a one-time thing, and we did get some interest from it. Um, so yeah, without, uh, without further ado, um, today we are celebrating a little bit of an anniversary. Uh, we are, this is 10 years, Joe. Oh yeah. Yeah. 2013. Um, yeah. 2013. Yep. So this yep. is the 10 year anniversary of the release of the animated Batman series. Beware the Batman.
Joe. And may I just say, just to begin with, um, on a really positive note, I do really like the title, Beware the Batman. That's a really fun title for a TV show. Uh, that would be a good comic title. So yeah, just Beware the Batman. Great title. Uh, but this, the series was released on Cartoon Network originally in 2013. And it came right off of the heels of Batman, the brave and the bold. So this is something I wanted to get your thoughts on Joe, because I didn't realize this, this show went into production immediately after the brave and the bold ended. And apparently it wasn't because of, you know, any disregard to the brave and the bold, but they had done that show for, for so long that they kind of wanted to go to a little bit of a darker tone for Batman. Um, but I thought it was curious that immediately they went into production on another Batman show. And that has not happened since. We're still waiting on Cape Crusader. But yet, right off the heels of Brave and the Bold, what do you think of that decision to to switch it up so much? Well, it, it kind of, you know, shows what a different time we're in now, where back then, you know, prior to the whole streaming uh, craze, it was, hey, let's get a Batman show out again right away. We want a Batman show on our networks. And I think it was more, like you said, they, they went different, but I think it was more just about, hey, let's keep having a Batman show on our network. Why not? And I didn't realize it was that close to Brave and the Bold because for, for some reason, I wasn't, I didn't follow Brave and the Bold um, when it was first airing. Mm -hmm. I know about it now and I've watched, I think, every episode since, but I did follow this when it was announced and I was even as bizarre as this looked and the tone and the, the animation, everything that was kind of um, off putting to most people with this show, I tend to understand, but for some reason I was still following it. I, I remember the first teaser that came out. I remember, you know, everything going on around it. And I remember being there for the first episode, excited about it, or at least, um, I guess, anxious for it. Like I, I wanted to know how it was going to be. So I don't know how that happened where I missed Brave and the Bold. And because it feels like Brave and the Bold was much earlier than this in my mind. So that's very interesting to me. Yeah. And, you know, just I, for full transparency, the first time that I did watch this show was in preparation for this episode. I had never seen this show. Um, I knew that it existed. I knew when it was coming out, um, but I wasn't, the animation style when I saw like the production stills and the, the artwork they did for the show, I was off put by it. And I think I just never got into it. I never, you know, caught the interest to, to watch it, which I think happened a lot, which goes into why this, you know, unfortunately this show only got one season. Um, and I believe I can't remember how many episodes cause I did, I did a little research on it. Um, but they only did like half the episodes on Cartoon Network and then the rest of the show aired on Toonami uh, for Adult Swim. So interestingly, I think when you see, unfortunately, when you see these shows go to Adult Swim, um, if they're on late at night, it's probably a, a sign of impending doom. Wouldn't you agree? This show was doomed almost instantly. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know the logistics of why but this show i mean this was back in the days where you had to set your dvr and luckily i mean if you were lucky your dvr found the show for you mm. 
this show aired at three in the morning at some times, like at some point, like it was so random. It wasn't like every episode was midnight in the last season. I mean, in the last part when it was released, it was like completely random sometimes. So it was, it was really, even for someone that was, was DVRing it and uh, waiting for it, it would still be confusing and a little off putting that. I don't remember if I even finished it while it was airing. I finished it on the Blu-ray releases because I think I had remembered people saying the second part of the series was really good. And, you know, we're only going to discuss the first three episodes here, but sadly, I mean, I, I hope you enjoyed it enough that you might want to continue because I think the show, the back half of this series is the show's strongest um, section. <laughs> it, it, I mean, not to, you know, just to give you a broad example, the second part, if I remember correctly, deals more with like Harvey Dent. And uh, I, I'm trying to remember like Lady Shiva plays a part, Raz al Ghul. There's a lot of really cool stuff in part two, mm-hmm. which again, we're not going to really discuss it too much. I, I just wanted to give you an example of like where the show went, because I think one of the big gripes of the show is that in the early episodes, when it got destroyed with ratings or whatever killed it was it was trying really hard to do something different and i think that's something that um hurt it was because you know it uses katana instead of robin or batgirl Mm -hmm. um it used villains that weren't really popular (laughs) so yeah and i think that was one of the things that threw me off because you know the the underworld of Gotham in this show is kind of, it's a, it's a not really a who's who of Gotham's villains. You know, you've got anarchy magpie, uh, Tobias. Well, phosphorus Rex, professor pig, Mr. Toad, who I didn't even know who that was honestly before the show. Um, lady, Mr. Toad and professor pig are big Grant Morrison. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and I actually do like professor pig. So I was kind of interested in that. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just, it's, it's not a run of the mill approach. I'd, I'd say that. And, and I will give them one thing. I think one thing I appreciate is the ambition of this show, but I think the ambition mm-hmm. was also part of the downfall. Um, because from what I can tell, this was not a very financially conservative show to produce. It seems like it was very expensive. I, and I don't know if you knew this part, but in looking it up, you know, according to what I'm reading here, the animation, the 3D style animation necessitated that they use hand built items like uh, inanimate objects like ships and stuff that were in the city streets. They actually built this stuff. So it was sets that they shot on and then they animated over it. I did not know that. That's pretty crazy, though. Like, and say what you want about like the character designs, Mm. because I think they're, they're a little off putting. I love the, um, like the cityscape and like Wayne Manor, I think looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny that you say all that about the animation because maybe this was in production prior to green lantern failing, but the green lantern animated series uses the same style Mm -hmm. and that failed after one season. Also now granted it's green lantern. It's not Batman. Um, 
but that show, I don't know. Did you ever watch that show? Green Lantern? Or is that another casualty of the uh style? I didn't watch it when it came out, but I ha- I've I own it now on iTunes and I've watched okay. it since and I, I really like that show. It's yeah, it's, it's great. a really good show. And that one doesn't play it at I mean that one goes it's Green Lantern, so they can go um more traditional because there haven't been, you know, eight different Green Lantern iterations over the years where Batman, you know, they went, you know, different and they, they went different in every way. There was nothing, um, recognizable or nothing. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't Um, traditional at all. Yeah. There was just nothing comforting or, or, Famili- there was nothing familiar. That's what I'm looking for. I'm I, sorry. I um, got a very, and you can tell me whether I'm way off base here. I got a very Earth One vibe from this show. Oh, without a doubt. This was right around the time that Earth One came out, if I remember right. The the first volume. Yeah, which is one thing I will say. Like, there's portrayals in this show. Um, like, Alfred, I'm not really crazy about this version of Alfred, if I'm honest. And, and I've only seen three episodes. So take that, you know, with a grain of salt. But... It just mm-hmm. the bald Alfred that leaned very much more into the Earth One style badass Alfred that almost has no resemblance to the Alfred that we know and love. It really threw mm-hmm. me off. Yeah, I mean DC went pretty hard with the Batman Earth One influence on a lot of their stuff. I mean, even if you remember when when Jeremy Irons was cast for BVS, a lot of people assumed he was going to be much more of the Earth One interpretation, which I think he's a good combination of um, the traditional Alfred and maybe a little bit more of a New Age Alfred. But uh, beside the point, it's yeah. This again, it just went very different, and I mean. I don't know where you want to go, but I am curious. Like, did you, did you at least get some enjoyment out of it other than, you know, yes, obviously the animation is strange. Um, so what do you think about the animation as far as like the landscape, um, the designs other than the car- like, I would assume you don't like the character designs. Like Batman looks odd. <laughs> I like a lot of the character designs. I like the way that professor pig looks. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like I think anarchy looks really good. Um, some of the characters look great, and I do love the cityscapes. I don't like the way Batman looks at all. Um, mm-hmm. It just the, the cowl is kind of squished to me, and then yeah. you've got the really angular long ears. Um, I, he almost looks like uh, now that I'm thinking about it, like Super Pet. He does. Yeah, um, that's the first thing I thought of. This is like a less warped uh, version yeah. of of the Super Pets Batman. Um, I like the portrayal of Batman. I like how he's, I like mm-hmm. how he's presented in the show. Uh, but the, the look, I don't know like how often I'll go back to it just cause the look just really throws me off. And, and that's unfortunate, but it, it is, you know, what's, what's weird is there's, so there's a shot in the first episode. It kind of reminds me of the BBS shot where, where Bruce is looking at the bat suit. Uh, Cause the bat, mm-hmm. the bat suit kind of opens out of a compartment. <laughs> I like yeah. the bat suit when it's freestanding and not on Batman. It looked better there yeah. than it does on him. Um, <laughs> so just overall though, to answer your question, um, this show is not for me. It mm-hmm. just, 
there was there was a not there was not enough i guess that was that was familiar and comforting for me to really get into it as a Batman show. That's not to say I won't finish it because if I've gotten, you know, if there's nothing else to do and I'm looking for something Batman to watch, I, I may very well finish this show. Um, and, but we'll get into it with the first episode, but even like I was really excited for professor pig. This doesn't really resemble the professor pig. I know if that makes sense. No. And, and professor pig is not an easy character to use for a kid show. No, he's not. Um, um, and yeah, like it, I will say the, the first three episodes do a lot of seed planting mm-hmm. for the rest of the show, but I don't think it gives you enough goodwill to make people want to continue the show. And I think that was its greatest downfall was it took some big swings of setting up some stuff, but if you don't know where it's going, there's not enough here to make you interested in where it's going. If that makes sense. Like I know where it's going. So I remember, Oh, that's setting up this and that's setting up this. But if you don't know, I don't think it grabs you enough. Yeah. That's, that's where I was at with the first three. Um, there's some, like they feel like three one-offs, don't they? Like they feel like completely different stories that have nothing to do with each other. And you think, okay, this show is just going to be villain of the week Mm -hmm. and they're going to be villains that I don't care about, (laughs) but that's not what the show ends up. It's not what the show ends up doing. So I'm really curious as we go along as because I I am going to probably rewatch the show and see where it goes and try to jog my memory because I don't remember when it started becoming serialized. Like they ended up in introducing metamorphosis, um, metamorpho. Um, you know, a lot more happens as the show goes on. And I know we're only going to discuss the first three episodes, but I did want to just give my, my little thoughts on the show as a whole, because I, I think the best parts of the show, unfortunately are the, the parts that nobody watched because the second half of this show was barely on TV. I mean, I like I said, I didn't even watch it on TV. I watched it on the Blu-ray, and the it, the Blu-ray was released in two parts. And the second part, I want to say, even got delayed for release, where it took almost a year to get the second part. Like I, I remember watching this like way after I watched the first part. Um. So, but yeah, I, I mean, you can you could take over and, and try to steer the, steer the ship here back to yeah, no, what we're supposed to be covering. But no, I think that the big point is that if, uh, the beginning of the show doesn't give you the hook that I think may, maybe the show may have deserved in the later half. And, and I may be curious to see that, but it's clear by what happened because three months after the premiere, uh, it was pulled from cartoon network and it was put mm-hmm. on hiatus and then when it did come back, I don't think anybody knew it was coming back. Um, so the the people who were, the small amount of people who were watching it didn't even know that it was coming back or where to find it. So that's the unfortunate yeah. part there. Um, so here, so this is pretty crazy. I, so the second part, <laughs> I didn't know this. The second part all aired in September of 2014. I'm sorry. So a couple episodes in August, but they just dumped this. It went from October of 2013 Mm -hmm. 
to then the following July, yep. a few episodes, and then almost the final, I'm going to say, on, let me count real quick, the final eight episodes were aired, no, nine episodes, were aired in September and just dumped in the middle of the night. Yeah, and it, the saddest part about that is the first episode where it came back. I was reading this earlier today. The first episode when it came back was written by Lynn Wein. I just saw that. I know. And it, you can look at the because I'm looking at the ratings here. So the last episode of the of the original run, episode eleven, had a one point two five rating. It dropped by well over half when it came back yeah. because mm-hmm. that episode, episode 12, when it was dropped on Toonami had a 0.51. So from a 1.25 yeah. to a 0.51 is a pretty big drop for ratings. Um, but nobody knew where to find it, but that's neither here than there. Uh, we can, we can keep going over that, but uh, it, it is what it is. Um, but let's get into these episodes that we watched, Joe. Um, so we did watch the first three episodes and we're going to do this kind of like we did with the animated series. I'm going to give a little synopsis and then we'll get into our thoughts on the episode. So the pilot, the very first episode is called hunted and in it, eco terrorists, professor pig and Mr. Toad are hunting Gotham city's resident billionaires, Simon Stagg, Michael Holt and Bruce Wayne to make them pay for their crimes against nature. Now, with the stakes being the billionaire's lives, Batman has to solve this case fast. But when Wayne's butler, Alfred, is kidnapped in Bruce's place, Batman must save the day. Later, Alfred hires a new bodyguard for Bruce, Tatsu Yamashiro, otherwise known as Katana. So Katana basically becomes the Robin of this show, as as Joe had said earlier. So Joe, um, that with the premiere episode here, I mean, everything that I kind of didn't like about the show was out front and, and on display (laughs) in the the very first episode. Um, I will say just to go back a little bit, the theme song, I love the theme song for this show. Mm -hmm. It's catchy. It's definitely catchy. I I really like it. Um, and I do like the red and black, red and black looks great together. And I think it really Mm -hmm. works well for Batman. Hence the Batman movie we just got recently. Um, Yeah. I think the title card is cool looking. It is. It is really cool, but we really get started here with this Alfred. That's, you know, cause, cause kind of the opening here we get after the, the, the original intro, we get Batman or Bruce waking up in bed and he's attacked by this, (laughs) by this masked stranger. And they have this little battle back and forth. And it turns out that it's this, badass bald Alfred. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess just first thought, what did you think of Alfred's introduction? And, and I didn't get to ask you this earlier. What do you think of Alfred overall in the show? Well, this is, this is going to be the last time I say um, anything about the release. I, I just looked it up real quick cause I was curious and then I'll <laughs> answer your question, but just to give you an example, like just to add more to this, the show was released on Blu-ray on September 30th of 2014. The final episodes aired on September 30th, 2014. Mm. So they like, you could watch this on Blu-ray the day that all these episodes are released. So like they did literally dump this, like Mm -hmm. this was not supposed to be aired when it was, but that's beside the point. And that is why I ended up just watching it on Blu-ray, I guess the second part. But as far as Alfred goes, um, I think because 
it's hard. Like at the time, yes, it was definitely jarring for me. Now I'm, this is just this version of Alfred to me. I, I mean, I've, I've had 10 years to digest this show. So it doesn't even, um, it doesn't have an effect on me anymore. It's just, I've accepted it. Um, I think if I remember right, he might get softer as the show goes on, Mm -hmm. but I still see those. He's not quite as bad as earth one Alfred. If I remember correctly from earth one, um, he has the emotional side to Bruce here. It's not as, you know, it's not Michael Caine or Michael Goff, but you could see signs of it. So I don't have a problem with the way they do it. Again, they're doing, they're doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we say it a lot on here. I have my Batman, the animated series. I have the brave and the bull. Now I have all these other versions. I'm okay with them doing this take on Alfred. I think he's still true to the character. Yes, it's a different interpretation. But to me, he's still Alfred. He's not so far gone that I don't recognize him as Alfred. It's just, is it different? Absolutely. But I could just accept it as a different take. And I will say, he's the furthest from quote-unquote comics accurate um as far as these characters go do you agree with that at least like batman is still batman gordon is still gordon barbara's still barbara even katana katana's different obviously but she's still i would say it's between alfred and professor pig on who's the farthest apart from the comic (laughs) yeah i mean i yeah (laughs) professor pig i i they definitely and like i said that's more because of the the liberties they have to take with that character they make him like a goofball in this like um does he recite rhymes in the book i don't remember in the comics i don't remember any of that i don't think so um i really started liking professor pig and this is this is way late but i really started liking professor pig and gotham um not gotham you put that in my head um in, I liked him in Gotham. <laughs> I, I liked him there too, but I really started liking him in Arkham Knight, the video game, because oh okay, just his the the way he goes about because he's a serial killer. Um, is he the DLC in that? He's not part of the no, main story, is he? No, it's three. He's a side story in the game. Um, okay, because you have to find all these bodies that are that are pinned up on different yeah. buildings. And yes. Stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, he's a fascinating character as a as a serial killer. So mm-hmm. I guess that's part of the problem here is, is my expectations because going into this show, I knew that it had aired on Toonami. I for, I completely forgot about the cartoon network aspect of it. So I knew we were getting a little bit of a darker Batman show. So when I first saw professor pig and Mr. Toad in this episode, and they're kind of like you described, they're kind of goofballs and they're eco terrorists. Yeah. So they're not really flat out killers. It was mm-hmm. like, uh, Okay. (laughs) You just got to go with it at that point. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I was expecting. And I think that's, that's partly on me. But I I mean, it's not, it's not your fault that you expected the characters to be more like they are in the comics. That's, I mean, that's just kind of, you're going out of your way to do these characters that aren't familiar to most people. They chose to use these characters and do their own thing with them where they could have just done something a little bit more like the comics to bring more um, recognition to the characters from the comics. If that makes sense. I I just, yeah, I, 
Right. I will so, say, I mean, out of the three episodes we saw, I would say the first episode, and again, that's unfortunate because it's the pilot. I think the first episode is the weakest. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but uh, having said that, I do like the kind of the the aspect they have where Professor Pig and, and Mr. Toad are going after Gotham's elite. I mean, they're going mm-hmm. after the people who they think have, you know, the the one percenters. Um, they've quote unquote committed crimes against nature. So I do like that they're they're kidnapping these these upper echelon people. Um, but I think, and and this is where I'll stop beating up Professor Pig. I think <laughs> I was expecting, you know, I wasn't expecting a all out mass murdering serial killer because that would be a little too graphic, even for if this, if the beginning of the show was on adult swim, but I think I was expecting sort of like the lens that Bruce Tim would take with the Batman, the animated series characters. They could still be very dark, um, very menacing, but just kind of curtailed just a little bit to be acceptable for kids. And it was, yeah, you could have him. Yeah. You could have him want to kill these people and hint at what he might do, but then not have him actually be able to follow through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having said that, I mean, when Batman does come in at the end and he's, you know, he's gone to this location and I can't even remember what the location was. Um, but when he finds everyone and, and you know, that um, him and Alfred kind of team up, even though Alfred gets injured near the end, they kind of team up to help get Simon Stagg and Michael Holt out and rescue mm-hmm. them from Professor Pig and Mr. Toad. So overall, I mean, it's an, it's a decent story. I like, a, I like the, uh, the shadowy portrayal of Batman. I like how he kind of attacks from the dark and, you know, he uses the smoke bombs and things like that. So yeah, I mean, his gadgets were cool and I liked the ending battle, but other than that, I mean, it was kind of just a blase first episode in my opinion. Yeah. I can't disagree. I think they're, again, they're trying to set things up, but if you don't know where they're going, you don't know they're setting things up. Like Simon Stagg is here for a reason. They do a lot with him later on. Um, yeah. Ironically though, Michael Holt does not get used again. If I remember correctly. Um, interesting. Which is a little disappointing. Would you say, I'm sorry. I said, that's interesting. Cause it feels like from the first episode, they would set him up for more in the future. Yeah. I'm actually looking Yeah, nothing. Um, hmm. He doesn't become anything. I mean, that might've been, that might've been something that they were like maybe hoping for a season two, but I mean, Simon Stagg plays a big part because they do a lot with, um, metamorpho. I think he has a, plays a part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, is he, metam- I, I want to say it's like his son-in-law's metamorpho. I mean, it's been a while since I watched this whole series. Oh, they're doing a lot um, of family stuff in this then, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but yeah, like everything is seed planting in these first few episodes. And, yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. And I had trouble getting into this show too. I just stuck with it. And by the time it got really good, I was okay with it. Gotcha. And the, the, the family aspect does bring me to another point. Cause at the end, when we do find out it's because Alfred's injured and he is technically Bruce's bodyguard. So he can't perform his duties. He brings in someone else to be his bodyguard, Bruce's bodyguard, and that's Katana. Mm-hmm. And the weird part about that was, I mean, it's it's very strange for Katana to be Bruce Wayne's bodyguard in the first place. But they threw in this element that she is Alfred's goddaughter. 
mm-hmm. which I thought was a very strange approach. Um, so what do you think of that decision? Well, what I will say to that is we know more about Katana now, I think because of Suicide Squad and maybe diving more into her, uh, you know, into the comics with her because of maybe the movie and and even because of this. At the time, I didn't really think anything of it. I'll, I'll completely admit like, okay, I knew she wasn't Alfred's goddaughter in the comics, mm-hmm. but I didn't care. I, I knew what they were doing. They announced this early that Katana was going to be Bruce's sidekick. Um, could they have just gone the Batgirl route? Yeah, but I think it, it is inter- um, representation. I think they wanted to do something different mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it. They, I mean, we see Barbara where they're clearly setting up Batgirl for the future. Um, again, not yeah. something they paid off in season one, but I was okay with it. Like, again, they were pretty clear from the beginning of this show that this is doing its own thing. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a choice. And, yeah. but I like the, I think the voice actor was, or the voice actors for Katana was really good. And I think she made me interested in the character. Okay. Awesome. Um, I don't know that I was really interested. I mean, she started getting a little more interesting in episodes two and three. Of course we did just meet her at the end of episode one. Um, but yeah, she really didn't hook uh, the, the goddaughter storyline didn't really hook me in the first episode, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember where that goes. I just okay. remember she does pretty much become like the sidekick and that's where, um, obviously the season goes. And I remember being completely fine with it once I just accepted it. So she does eventually become more comic booky katana. Her, co- I don't remember her costume being anything to write home about. <laughs> okay. But um, she gets a, a domino mask basically, and she fights with a sword, and she's just Batman's sidekick, from what I remember. Again, I have not watched this show in probably maybe eight years. Okay. Um, so it's definitely been a while, but. Yeah, she is the Robin. Like, they were very upfront with that. Like, she's going to be his sidekick. Okay. All right. Well, anything else on episode one before we move on, Joe? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to episode two. This episode is titled Secrets, and it did premiere July 20th, 2013. Um, so the synopsis here, Batman is hot on the heels of an extremely dangerous thief named Magpie who not only sports razor-sharp fingernails laced with poison, but is also invulnerable to pain. But Batman is not the only one after her. Introducing Lieutenant James Gordon is also hot on the trail of Magpie, and the two ultimately go head-to-head to catch the villain. Uh, so, Joe, this episode, honestly, out of the three, this is my favorite. I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's mine, too. Um, I really like this. And episode. it's weird because, and, and honestly, sorry, I wasn't expecting to like this one because when I saw Magpie was the villain, I was like Magpie. But I'll say this: Have you ever actually seen a magpie? I don't even know what the heck a magpie is. Okay, so we have them in spades out here in Colorado. Um, they are they are these vicious birds. Um, they're kind of scavengers. And mm-hmm. they're black and silver and blue. They've got some streaks in that. So they kind of, the, the costume that Magpie had in this episode, I mm-hmm. really like it because it does resemble a Magpie. 
So magpies are like a very vicious pigeon. <laughs> and oh, we have cool looking. Yeah. They I are. never, I didn't even know a magpie was a bird. Like I, <laughs> we have them everywhere out here and they will attack other birds. So they might, they might be the coolest looking bird I've ever seen. Like they're <laughs> really cool. looking. the color scheme on them is awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And I didn't know what they were before I moved here. So I never knew what mag what the character magpie was in reference to, but now I do. And now you do. Um so <laughs> but, you know, I had never seen the character magpie portrayed quite like she was here, and I don't know how comic accurate it was, but I like it. I actually really liked her as a villain in this episode. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of with you where, like, when I saw Magpie, I'm like, oh, I remember Magpie was on this show. And she was in a few episodes. I don't remember how many, but I remember being like, oh, like, Magpie. Like, why why Magpie? But she's entertaining. like, And the story's pretty compelling. Um, Again, at this point, you just think, okay, one-off episode with Magpie. And I think the sh- this episode does a really good job of incorporating Gordon's introduction with a compelling villain on top of it, where the first episode... Like you said, Professor Pig and Toad are not the most compelling villains in that episode. They're there to serve the purpose of getting Alfred kidnapped so you could see Alfred and Bruce work together. Where in this mm-hmm. one, I think it's done much more organically and fairly interesting. I mean, that's the bigger deal is it's much more compelling. Yeah, and I thought she actually had some pretty good exchanges with Batman. I thought the fights between Batman and Magpie in this episode were really good. Um, yeah. It almost made me forget how much I didn't like this Batsuit. <laughs> so, or the animation. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, there's a thing, though, with the animation. Well, I mean, the style, I should say. The, the, the style, style yeah. not the, the the animation, like the fluidity of it. and It's good. Like the I like the, the way they move. And I, every time I see Wayne Manor, I think Wayne Manor is beautiful in this. Like, I I can't state that enough. Like, I love the way that looks. Um, But yeah, like, honestly, the action scenes in this, it made me think, like, how do they, when they animate the action in this, like, do they actually do motion capture to get, like, a style? Like, how do they do that for this? Because it looks very well choreographed. Well, so I know, I, I almost wonder if they did do some motion capture because I know they did, like, they built they built like a utility belt for the show and things like that because Mm -hmm. they wanted to see how it moved on the body. Okay. And they incorporated that into the show. Um, so it makes me wonder if they did do some motion capture, but Mm -hmm. I I don't know for, for a fact. Um, but another thing I really like about this episode is the introduction of James Gordon. Mm Mm-hmm. I like the way he was handled in the episode. I love that kind of beginning, you know, Batman and Gordon kind of feeling each other out process where Gordon doesn't, doesn't trust Batman. And he, he, he's a vigilante at this point. Um, and they're kind of at odds, which is cool. But I think that my favorite part of the episode is, is not action related. It's, and this show is full of deep pulls. We have Lunkhead in this episode. Um, I love the little conversation between Gordon and Lunkhead where Gordon's trying to get information from Lunkhead. And of course Lunkhead is having none of it. And he, he doesn't trust Gordon or anybody else apparently but Gordon knows the secret to his heart because he keeps giving him chocolate bars and the more (laughs) chocolate that Gordon gives him, the more information that Lunkhead provides. So I, I really like that whole exchange because it, 
it shows you how savvy James Gordon is. And I really like that. And I'm not familiar with Lunkhead at all. Like I knew he had to have been a comic uh, character, but I don't even know, like, what are you familiar with him from? Like I said, it's a really deep pull. Um, if, if my recollection serves me right, I think he was, oh man, I want to say he was in Nightfall. He's in Arkham like, Asylum. Yeah, he's in Arkham Asylum, but I think he's in Nightfall or one of those books where where all of the Arkham inmates have been released and, and Batman's got to go through them. Okay. That's my only recollection of Lunkhead, but again, it's a deep pull for the show. His first appearance was Arkham Asylum Living Hell. Mm, okay so that's not even that's not even um the arkham asylum i'm thinking of uh yeah um but you i mean you also like you mentioned earlier you do get the introduction of barbara gordon in this show as well um which is 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 a kind of a different take on barbara as well in i think yeah i mean i think she's still accurate i think it's just you know a younger version of her um, mm-hmm. than we're used to seeing when Batman starts out because I think most of the time when we see Barbara, she's introduced right before she's Batgirl because we're introduced to her because of Batgirl. So yeah, I'm she's okay. very much more confrontational than I'm used to with her father. You mean? Gordon. Yeah. I mean with her father and just overall, like she's, she seems like she's got a, a chip on her shoulder in this portrayal. Yeah. To me, she just seems like a, typical 13 year old girl or you know like oh well yeah now that now that you say that it does <laughs> you're yeah come on now uh, <laughs> but yeah i think it's just because we're not used to seeing young barbara we're used to seeing batgirl barbara or right before she becomes batgirl so here yeah. we're seeing a typical high school girl just kind of getting into it with her father um and i think you know, they were playing the long game with that. And it's, it's a shame when, whenever you get to any of these adaptations and there, you could tell they're playing the long game and we never get to see it pay off, which unfortunately is, is the case more times than it isn't with a lot of this stuff. But unfortunately with comic books or comic book characters, you have to kind of do that. You have to pick a spot and you have to hope that you can play this long form game, but it doesn't always pan out. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, the standout in this episode, as I've said, was, was Magpie for me. Um, and I, her, she, I would be interested in seeing more episodes with her in it. So if anything, I may just, I may go back to this show just to see what else they do with her going forward. Yeah, she, she's definitely in at least two or three more episodes. Um, I was just looking over some of the episodes. She's in the finale. So, you know, she has to play a pretty big part if she's involved in the finale. And there were some really big Batman villains by the time we got to the finale. So, yeah. And I feel like that's, that's kind of what this is setting up. You're setting up the villains. So in, in the end, like in the finale of the first season, and I don't know what that is, but it feels like we're going to come back to a lot of these things we're setting up early. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, I, I got to say, like, even knowing the show, I, I thought the twist was really cool with Cassie. Like, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> even when she was revealed, I was like, wait, is that that's the secretary? <laughs> like, I, I I didn't. I mean, maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough, but I thought it was a cool little twist. Um, I liked the whole dual identity thing with her tying into yeah. Lunkhead and the experiments I thought was really cool. Yeah, when they said her name, because I think they just called her Cassandra. 
Um, mm-hmm. But when they said Cassandra, I was like, oh, okay. So, so yes, I do like the little nods um, that they did. And I do think there was a lot of, of world building. And I think they, the creators really cared about the world of Batman. Uh, and it's, yeah, it is unfortunate that it just didn't go any farther than it did, but I did yeah. like that setup. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, okay. But anything else big on, on episode two? Nope. I'm ready to talk about, uh, I'm ready to talk about episode three. Cause I, I'm curious what you think of anarchy. Okay. Well, let's get into that. So episode three was actually exact when this episode is kind of releasing. So we're recording on the 26th. Um, it may come out, it's going to come out later than this. Um, but this episode number three tests came out July 27th, 2013. So almost 10 years to the day here when we're recording Joe. Um, but a new villain has arrived in Gotham to challenge Batman anarchy resembling a ghost image of Batman. Anarchy prides himself on his brilliance and intends to prove it to Batman by manipulating a pair of street thugs, junkyard dog, and Daedalus, Daedalus, uh, who is Doodlebug in the comics, which I have no recollection of. Um, But they they are roped in to do Anarchy's bidding. But Anarchy's real plan is far more devastating, seeking to create a disaster seen by all of Gotham and proving once and for all that even the great Batman is powerless to protect his fair city from the clutches of anarchy. So Joe, this is the one you're kind of excited about. So, so tell me your thoughts on episode three. Well, honestly, I, I don't remember if I knew going in or I just remember, but anarchy is pretty much the big bad of at least the first part of season one. And I remember thinking, why anarchy? Mm. Um, I don't even remember if I ended up enjoying it in the long run, because I think I was ready to get to, you know, the more, you know, common Batman villains, because I think I was sick of anarchy in this show. Um, I like his costume. I, I like what they were going for, but that's not what he does in the comics. He's I know anarchy more from Tim Drake Robbins he's Tim Drake Robbins, like biggest villain in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's like a young, he's a young kid. If I remember right, or uh, like a teenager or maybe like low twenties. Um, well, he's been portrayed a couple of different ways. Um, again, my most knowledge from anarchy comes from the video games, from the mm-hmm. Arkham games. Well, okay. So think about the time frame that was right yeah. around the time this came out. So they were definitely piggybacking off of this version. Yeah, and and it is kind of similar to the to the more original version of Anarchy as well. And he was um, also, I want to say he was on Arrow. I think Anarchy, so, yeah. Anarchy had like a resurgence at this time. And it, but like it was never like a big resurgence. It just like he was showing up at all these things and he wasn't really hitting big like maybe they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, he's very much in the games. He's very much a, a, a side story, kind of like Professor Pig. Mm-hmm. But it was always one of those situations where when I came across a Professor Pig part of the game, I was like, oh, this is cool. I like it. Yes. When it when I came across Anarchy, it was kind of, oh, God, this guy again. Yeah. And so I don't remember the whole outsmarting thing in the comics. I don't think that was ever Anarchy's thing. And I could be wrong because I, I mean, I haven't read 
you know, the Tim Drake Robin in a while, but I don't like, he almost comes off almost like a Riddler in this where he's like, he's trying to outsmart Batman. And I don't remember that side of him as a character. The most knowledge I have of anarchy is he's just trying to cause as much chaos as possible. Exactly. Um, That's what I remember too. So you can kind of see a little bit of that in this portrayal, but it's Mm -hmm. also, like you said, it's kind of more Riddler. Yeah. So yeah. And maybe, maybe they just didn't want to use Riddler or, or get into the bigger villains in the first season Mm -hmm. as much, but yeah, that's, that's where it came across for me as well. But I mean, so far as a story and a plot device, I mean, I do like this challenge for Batman Mm -hmm. and I like that, uh, you know, he's, I do like kind of the the ending of the episode where it's kind of like, what is Batman going to do? Because it, it sort of kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger. Like, what's Batman going to do against this anarchy? You mean in, in um, general? Like in the grand In general, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, not like an exact cliffhanger to end the episode, but mm-hmm. kind of just a, of how is Batman going to combat this, this guy going forward? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and so far as the, the junkyard dog and Daedalus or however you say his name, I, I don't know anything about those guys. So <laughs> that one's a little a little interesting to me. Again, they're they're doing deep pulls, but it's deep pulls that even Batman fans are like, wait, who? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the character design I like almost everything about Anarchy's appearance. There was something about the face, though, that was just a little goofy to me. Like the eyes. Well, it's kind of like, okay, what's going on? Is it a mask? Is it not a mask? What, like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's that's like the the animation liberty where you can get away with that because it's like, don't ask questions. This is just what it looks like. But yeah, and they went for that, like the bright white costume, which again, not what anarchy looks like in the comics, but they're going that, like you said, the duality route of Batman, almost like, is it, is it Wraith or Wrath in the comics, which is like the anti-Batman? He doesn't look like this. He's not like all white, but anarchy here is more going for like anti-Batman. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things that's off-putting is because usually Anarchy's all in red, mm-hmm. and they did go for white mask, here. Right? Yeah, 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 and even um, I think so. He was Arkham Origins was one of the big games he was featured in. Okay, um, so in Arkham Origins, he's kind of more of you know he's got a like a j- leather jacket, but it's all red and that kind of thing. So, um, and he pulls up a red hood. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I mean, not a bad episode, but again, I still think out of the three, I think two was the strongest out of these three. I will say, I think the finale for this one might be the strongest. I the like finale the whole, of, of episode yeah, three. Yes. I like the whole trolley car thing and Batman trying to outsmart him so he could save both trolleys. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good um, kind of, it, it's a, it's a trope almost. Mm-hmm. With, oh, absolutely. with superheroes you yeah. know you can't you can, can only can save one save both yeah yeah you can't you there's no way for you to save both and then the superhero finds a way to save both obviously there's a reason Especially it's a trope though because it works oh yeah yeah i mean it it, <laughs> it always makes me think and i i know this is a silly place to go back to but it almost always makes me go back to batman forever oh with, with riddler yeah. dropping the tubes yeah um yeah, but I always come back to that. And then, of course, you know, 
it, they did it in Spider-Man with Green Goblin. So it's just a trope that that always seems to happen in these in these superhero projects, but it always works. So yeah, but there we go, Joe. So we have talked about uh, the first three episodes of Beware the Batman. Uh, interesting here. We were talking about the ratings earlier, and I was telling you about the. You know, apparently, these were not great ratings at the time. They were pretty disappointed in it, which led to its cancellation. But if you look at the numbers, the premiere had a 1.34, episode two had a 1.12, and episode three had a 1.2. Do you know how many shows would kill to have those ratings today? <laughs> well, this, and so, I, and I don't remember when like the streaming age started. But like mm. this was right before that. So was it to the point where people were already checking out kind of of the whole appointment viewing type of stuff? I mean, honestly, there was no appointment viewing with this. Like it was in, that's what I think frustrates me the most about this show is how can you say the ratings were bad when people couldn't watch it? Like, what did you expect the ratings to be? Yeah, well, and the crazy thing is, but let, let me put this in perspective for you. So the 1.2 on the on the final episode we talked about here, mm-hmm. Superman and Lois's finale this year had a 0. 0.73 rating. <laughs> yeah, and it's the biggest show on the CW. Mm-hmm. So that goes to show you how different the times are. Yeah, exactly. um, but yeah, every show on TV, with with major exceptions, I mean on network TV. Almost every show on network TV would kill to have the ratings that Beware the Batman had in 2013. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting how much um, times change. And one thing I kept thinking about when I was watching this show is I wonder if this show were to be released to today for the first time. Say it was the show that was going to be released on Amazon or if it was coming out on Max or whatever. Mm-hmm how different it would be in this day and time. Yeah. I, I don't know. Cause I mean, at some, at some, sometimes people are more willing to go with different interpretations, but sometimes people just burn anything with fire. That's a little different. You never know where people are going to go nowadays. I think this animation style, people would still be put off by that today. I think people want, I mean, the CGI craze of that, era like between green lantern and then this like that was a thing back then where everyone was trying this with all these weird shapes and stuff where nowadays they don't really do that as much anymore but nowadays it would be more like rise of the ninja turtles (laughs) like that kind of animation is like the one that turns people off but they keep using i think it can work because you have shows like uh camp cretaceous that are the CGI style. Yes. So, but it's a more of a traditional looking CGI it is, where they're not yeah. going that big blocky. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. But like, this is the exact same animation as Green Lantern. Like it is even the crazy weird looking, you know, I, for some reason, the costumes in Green Lantern, I guess, are less crazy looking where it works better for that than like Batman. Look, I think Batman's the worst one in this, to be honest with you. I think everyone else kind of looks fine and and therein lies the major problem because with green lantern yes it's the same animation style but green lantern looks like traditional green green lantern yes i think this show is beautiful there's a lot of really good looking stuff in this show the problem is the main character the one we love to see batman he's the worst looking character in the show 
And like, I'm looking at Bruce Wayne right now and he looks fine. It's, yeah. it's the design of Batman that is, because mm-hmm. like, not all of the characters look oddly shaped. <laughs> Why does he look so odd as Batman? Uh, yeah, and I think had they retooled this suit a little bit, had they made it look a little more traditional, mm-hmm. um, had they gone the Green Lantern route and just made him a recognizable Batman, I do think that would have went a long way for this show because I think there's a lot of things that are set up here well. Um, but at the end of the day, if I don't like looking at Batman, then it kind of defeats the point. Yeah, I agree. So, um, but yeah... Uh, <laughs> And this this show, I don't really think it's even caught the cult classic craze or anything like that. Like it's just a show that seems like it's forgotten, and that's that's kind of unfortunate because even shows like The Batman, um, they have they had a pretty good audience at the time, but I think it's yeah. that show has a bigger audience now than it ever did before. You know, there's people that watch the Halloween episode every year. There's people that watch the yeah. animated movie Batman Dracula. Wait. Even as a cult classic, but the Batman ran for what five seasons? Five five seasons, yeah, yeah. So technically, this, I mean, it ran longer than Batman the Animated Series, which is crazy. But yeah, with yeah. this, like, even as someone who, well, I mean, I won't even necessarily defend the show, but I think most people that did watch the show will say, "Hey, check it out." Like, it might not be for you, but give it a shot because it's not. I mean, I, <laughs> it's even weird saying it's not as bad as its reputation because its reputation is it's forgotten. Like, there's not really a reputation behind it. Nobody says it's bad. Like, I've never heard anyone say, oh, that show's terrible. It's more like, oh, I never checked it out. You know? So it's it's hard. You're right. It's definitely not a cult classic. But I think the people that have watched it will say, oh, I stuck it out. And it ended up being a really good show. But it's... we everyone pretty much understands why nobody watched it because it was pretty hard to find if you wanted to watch it. Like most, the people that even (laughs) did watch it when it aired, they're like missed episodes because we couldn't find it. Like it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. that hard to find a show you're trying to watch. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I I will say, like, I don't, I I don't think we're going to cover any more episodes on this show unless maybe something is relevant to what's going on. uh, I mean, and it's a long shot, (laughs) but I will say it's, it's a pretty harmless show to just put on every once in a while, put on a 20 minute episode and just check it out. Give it a shot because I do think you can get stuff out of it. It's, it's new, different Batman content. Like it's not hurting anything. You know, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty innocent. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're if you're hungry for some Batman content, I, it, it's something that's available. It's there. Um, as of right now, it's still on Max. So, and, and Lord knows how long that'll be there. But um, so it is available. And and the interesting thing about that, Joe, is a show today that fails like this one did. You're not getting a Blu-ray release out of it. So it's neat that you actually do have that availability where if you wanted to, I don't know how hard it is to find now, but you could buy a Blu-ray yeah, of that, this. That's a good question. I think you could buy, yeah, you could buy it digitally, obviously, and it is on Max. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think I have it digitally too. I don't know why it must've been on sale and I bought it digitally years ago. Um, but yeah, this was honestly, I, I do specifically remember buying the first set and I watched the second half of this show on blu-ray because i had no idea when the second half was airing and i was just like 
screw it. I'm just going to buy the Blu-ray and watch it on there because it was probably pretty cheap when it came out. And that was the easiest way for me to watch it because it was, again, it was prior to the digital days. I'm thinking, why didn't I just like buy it digitally? Cause you couldn't probably in 2013. So I literally right, just yeah. was like, it's easier for me to buy the Blu-ray and watch all episodes on two discs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just a few other little interesting tidbits here. Um, they really tried to push this, this show, uh, but where the Batman got a limited limited series comic book. I don't know if you knew that, Joe. Um, there's yes. six issues and it got a collected edition. And there was even an online game titled Gotham Streets that was on the Cartoon Network website. That so I don't I, remember. I have no idea what that would have looked like. I'm sure it's, you know, one of those HTML games. Um, but at the time and and it and it was posted in 2014. So it's it, that is so hilarious to me that the game was on Cartoon Network's website when the show was not on Cartoon Network. They must yeah, they must have developed that prior to uh everything getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, so if that's something you're interested in, not the game because I'm sure you can't find that anymore. Um but but where the Batman the comic series is on DC Universe Infinite. So you can go back and read that if you want to, um, that'll give you a little bit of the flavor of the show. And then, um, yeah, so the, the episodes are, are readily available. So if you're hungry for Batman content, like I said, check it out. Um, it may be, you know, you may be like me where there's a outside shot that you may continue watching it, or you may be like Joe, it may really strike you and you may find some new Batman content that you really enjoy. Um, but Joe, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap it up here on beware the Batman? No, I mean, there's really not much more to say that that we haven't already, you know, um, covered. I, I think just yeah, it, give it a shot. If you don't like it, I completely understand. This was uh, this was really just something that I felt would be fun to cover. One, I mean, it's it's a nice, it's always nice to cover this stuff on an anniversary. But just because this show doesn't get a lot of coverage, I think it was just. I wanted to get you to watch it. In all honesty, <laughs> that was one of my big things was trying to get you to at least cover it and then check it out. But yeah, I mean, it's 26 episodes. It's a Batman show that you could pretty much go through really quickly. Um, and I will say, even if you kind of like the first few episodes, maybe even skip to the second half and go to an episode with Lady Shiva or something like that and, and check that out because they do get into some cool villains by the end. And that's when the show really did hit its stride, unfortunately. So um give it a shot let us know what you think if you do check it out or or tell you know tell me i'm crazy and it's not worth checking out i get it <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i just any type of batman content that kind of becomes a forgotten uh maybe gem i think is cool because it's it's not one like you said this isn't even a cult classic this is one that has been pretty much forgotten but there are still a few of us out there that remember the the hassle of trying to find this to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the, the saddest part about this is that after the failure of this show, we have not gotten, I mean, it's been 10 years and we still haven't had a Batman animated series yet. Yeah, and I would hope it's not because of this failure, because I, I still don't think this show failed because I mean, I, I get, Maybe it's revisionist history, but I don't think the show ever had a chance to succeed. Like they did not give this show a chance when it was airing. Excuse me. No, no, I, um, I agree with that. 
But well, I mean, and and this is the this is the last little tidbit I'll throw in here, just because I'm still looking at the at the research here. Uh, <laughs> this show was nominated for four daytime Emmy awards in 2014. What? It was it was nominated for outstanding children's animated program. Andrew, uh, Andrea Romano got nominated for outstanding casting. It got outstanding directing nomination and outstanding main title and graphic design, which I don't know what else came out that year, but I can't believe it didn't win that. Cause it, that's probably the best part of the show. What's that? The design, the animation, the, the, the graphic design and the, and the main title. Yeah. Well, so, and I mean, Shame on us. We didn't even say like who the actors are. So it's Anthony. Did you, you didn't say it in the beginning, right? Anthony Ruvavar. Um, Anthony Ruvavar. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name is Batman. Somali Montano is Tatsu Yamashiro. Who's Katana and JB Blanc is Alfred. Um, that's the three main cast. I mean, Tara strong plays Barbara Gordon in this. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not going to list off the whole cast, but I mean, the, those are names that do not get mentioned in the the grand scheme of Batman uh, voice actors, which let's be honest that we've been spoiled with some voice actors and someone's going to get forgotten down the line. But yeah, I think, I mean, for a show that got no recognition whatsoever from the public, it's pretty cool that it did get some Emmy nominations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a good place to kind of put a pin in it and wrap it up for Beware the Batman. Um, definitely, guys, give this give this show a chance. Uh, Lee Akeret, I, I can't wait for your response to this episode. I'm very <laughs> curious what your, what your thoughts are. Um, but yeah, the, so 10 years of Beware the Batman, a forgotten Batman show, unfortunately. Um, but moving forward, I did want to let you guys know that I plan on, and Joe's learning this for the first time, I plan on covering um, Justice League War World very soon since that movie just came out. And kind of as a unfortunately forgetful part uh, on me, we never covered Legion of Superheroes. So that is something we absolutely have to catch up on. Um, but we probably will cover those very soon. So that's something for you guys to look forward to. So if you ha- if you haven't seen those movies yet, and Joe, you haven't you haven't even watched War World yet, have you? No, I haven't. I have not caught War World yet. Um, and we're coming up on. Uh, I mean, let's we have a, a new DC movie. At, you know, in what three four weeks with Blue Beetle. So we do. We we have Blue Beetle coming up. So. We do have several things that we're going to be talking about soon in the DC world. So keep your eyes peeled on the social media accounts and keep up with us there. Um, but Joe, thank you so much again for joining me and, and making me watch this show. Um, and why don't you tell everybody where they can find you out there on social media? You guys can find me on, and I'm saying Twitter. Mine is still Twitter. I am not X yet. I don't know. My phone is not updated or what, but it still says Twitter. Um, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as J411. And uh, what's that? Facebook as Joe Fornarotto, F-O-R-N-A-R-O-T-T-O. And uh, yeah, thank you for covering this. I know it was, uh, I didn't bug you too much on this. This was kind of like a, what do we need to cover this week? And it just so happened that it was the anniversary in July, which which fit up, uh, you know, fit pretty well. So thank you, though. That's the, uh, that's the, the convenient story, what Joe's not telling you is he basically threatened to quit the show if I didn't cover <laughs> where the Batman's. 
<laughs> no, um, but thanks, Joe. Um, for myself, you can find my social media accounts on Instagram, Twitter, or X, Letterboxd, and Threads at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. The show can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Threads at TFRBatPod. Once again, if you have thoughts or opinions or suggestions or, or hate mail about Beware the Batman, um, you can send us an email at tfrbatpod at gmail.com. If you're looking for a way to support the show, the best and easiest way to do that is to leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to us on. If you do leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts, we will read those on the show. If you're looking for another way to support us, and we don't ask that you spend a dime, but if you'd like to, we certainly appreciate it. You can go to shop TFR. Excuse me. You can go to redbubble.com and search shop TFR, all one word, and you can find all of our logos created by Justin Kowalski there on some very cool merch. Our theme song was composed by the very talented Gorov Ventakeswar and his music can be found on gbtunes.com. But that's going to do it for this episode of The Fire Rises. Thank you so much, guys, for checking us out. For Joe, I'm Eric, and until next time, make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Comics, or DC Studios. The thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Lunkhead don't like you! Lunkhead, you're not in trouble. I just want to talk about Batman. Ah, Batman not hurt Lunkhead again! Barbara, sweetheart, now is not good. Lunkhead, I'm sorry. I know it was Batman who put you away before, that he put you in a coma for two months. Lunkhead not go back to prison! Lunkhead been good! I know. I just have a few questions and I'll go away. I brought candy. I have a file with me from the time that you spent at Blackgate. It says you were involved in an experiment, something about mind control. Uh-huh. Wanted to fix Lockhead brain. Didn't work. More candy now. Why would Batman care about this experiment? Don't know. One more question. Was there anyone else in the experiment with you? The lady. Nice to lunkhead. In another cage. Took her away. <laughs> <laughs>